second podcast from the Nairobi Gathering. Uh, I trust you really enjoyed last week's as Ayla Tazi was sharing his heart for movements in East Africa. In this podcast, we go wider still and see what is God doing around the whole world. We get a download of facts and figures, and this is a, a great podcast if you love the stats and figures. I encourage you to get a pen and paper and start to write them down, but some people don't like stats and figures, but I encourage you to listen to this anyway, because you will just sit back and see what is God doing on planet Earth. We're going to be creating a video that goes with this podcast, and you can find this on www.praxis.org.au. That's praxis, spelled P-R-A-X-E-I-S, dot org. Look for the video that goes with this podcast on that website, and um, it will be able to have all the figures written out for you. But um, yeah, as you listen to this podcast, I trust that you get deeply encouraged and want to buy into God's big picture of what is He doing on the earth. And the finish of this podcast talks about a generation will rise up that runs the final lap of the Great Commission race. Why not us? That's what we're left with as we listen to this podcast. If God is doing something so incredible on planet Earth, why wouldn't we want to buy in? And why wouldn't we want to jump in to what the main game is of the kingdom of God on planet Earth? Enjoy as Stan uh, shares with us what God is doing on the Earth today. Lord, thank you for your great love. Thank you for your great teaching. Help us obey you and love you. And help us pass that on to others. That we would teach others to learn from you, to obey you, and to follow you. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask you to stay standing up. So my name is Stan... And Isla asked a lot of different people to lead this morning, and they all turned him down. So he had to ask me to do it. I was born in Indonesia. This is an Indonesian shirt. And my two sons were born in Indonesia. So my wife and I served in Indonesia. My wife would love to be here. She's come before, but she could not come this year because our youngest son and his wife in a week, are actually moving to Indonesia, and she's helping them finish, get ready as they go out. And they're going out to be servants to serve alongside movements in Indonesia as God uses those movements to reach many more people. So I wanted to talk to you briefly this morning about what is God doing around the world in terms of movements. Now, we talk about disciple-making movements. Some people use the term church-planting movements. Some people use the term gospel movements or kingdom of God movements. They're all the same thing. We want to see the book of Acts happen in every people group and every place. We want to see a book of Acts type movement happen around the world. If your goal is to see all the unreached people reached 
in your area and around the world, then you're part of a global effort that's doing that. So Matthew 24, 14 says, and the, this good news of the king's reign will be preached throughout the world as a sacrificial witness to every people group, every ethne, and then the end will come. Now we don't know when the end will come, but we do know the end will not come until every people group has heard the gospel. Second Peter talks about hastening the day of the Lord. We can try to speed that up, bring Jesus back because we God's used us to bring the gospel to every people, every people group. So 2414 is a global coalition that you're actually a part of. Tomorrow and Sunday, African leaders from that are 2414 leaders are meeting to talk about how do we reach the unreached people of Africa and how do Africans help reach the unreached people in the rest of the world. And so this coalition has disciple-making movements, teams, organizations, churches, networks, saying our goal is to see movements, these multiplying movements of disciples and churches, these disciple-making movements in every unreached people and place. We feel like that's God's vision. God wants to see every people group reached. In Revelation 5, we, we hear that Jesus, through His sacrifice, has purchased by His blood people from every tribe, language, people, nation. And then in chapter 6 of Revelation, we see the martyrs before the throne of God asking, when will we receive justice? And then in Revelation 7, we see that there are people from every tribe, language, people, nation. So Jesus has already purchased them. Revelation 5, 9, and 10 has already happened. Revelation 6 is happening, has happened and is happening as people are suffering and some are even dying to fulfill the Great Commission. And the result of that is going to be Revelation 7. That there will be people from every tribe, language, people, nation. Worshiping God before the throne. The goal is worship. The goal is not mission. We do mission because the worshipers are not all there. There are people who are part of our family that are missing. Some of you have seen the posters about the missing people. The missing people groups, the missing tribes, the missing languages. They, Revelation 7, God is waiting because there are not yet people to worship Him from every tribe and language and people and nation. So, I'm going to ask you some questions. What do these numbers, we're going to go through several numbers, and I'm going to ask you what these numbers mean. Alright, so the first number is 1965. Does anybody know what that number means? 
The number of what? All right. Night, there are 1,965 disciple-making movements around the world. And we use the standard that many of you use. Four generations of reproducing churches, multiple streams. That's when a movement, that's when it crosses the threshold to become a movement. Why do we use that standard? Partly because it's, it's a reflection of 2 Timothy 2. Paul, Timothy, and many witnesses, faithful men, third generation, who can teach others, four generations. Partly because whenever we see four generations, only 1% of the groups that get to four generations of churches and multiple streams fail. If they get to first, second generation, many of them stop. If they get to fourth generation, they they tend to keep going. Because they've reached a point they're not dependent on a few key leaders. They've reached a point where they're dependent on everybody. All right, here's another number. 1995. What does that number mean? All right. All right. Our Swedish friend has the answer here. The first three modern movements were identified in 1995. And they said, look what God's done. We had no idea He'd do this. What do we call these things? And they came up with the term church planting movement to describe what God had done that, like it says in Ephesians, was far more than they had asked for or imagined. They were hoping to start a few beachhead churches thinking maybe in 30 or 50 or 100 years it would spread to the rest of the group. And God did something far beyond what we had imagined. So 1995, not even 30 years ago, it's gone from three movements to 1,965 movements. This, this is what it looks like. The increase in the movements. Praise God. He is doing it. If you ever hear someone say, I started this movement, or so-and-so started that movement, God forbid. God started that movement. God worked through us to start that movement. He used us. That's an incredible privilege. But He started that movement. And He is the one growing the movement. He's the one sustaining the movement. This is far beyond what we would have expected. So praise God that He's doing something far beyond what we could have asked for or imagined. 114 million. What does that number mean? Does anybody know? All right, these are the number of disciples in these almost 2,000 movements. So there are 114 million people who have become disciples of Jesus, been baptized in a disciple-making movement. Their DNA is to love God and obey God and multiply. That's 1.5% of the world's population. That is an amazing figure. 
114 million disciples in these movements. Some people don't believe that. We're like, that's not enough. We need 10 times that number. Sometimes people say, I don't, I don't think that's happening. Well, go argue with God. Because He's doing it. Whether you believe it or not. We have reports from people all over the world. Many different groups. Many of them doing the same kind of uh, evaluation and measuring that you heard from the New Generations team. They, many of them under-report their numbers. They, they report smaller numbers because they want to be careful. So 114 million disciples in these movements. 8 million. What is that number? Those are churches in these movements. These are churches that were born from lost people coming to faith, being baptized, and beginning to do Acts 2 type of church. 8 million churches around the world are part of these disciple-making movements. That, again, is an amazing, amazing figure. God is doing amazing, amazing things. So 8 million churches in these movements around the world. And you can see the increase in the churches. It's starting to become exponential. Right? It's not just growing like this. It's starting to really shoot up. About half of these churches, about four million of these churches have been started in the last five years. Because you're getting that increase, that exponential increase of churches. Five to ten percent. Alright, now this is, this is not numbers of churches or numbers of believers or five to ten percent. You might have a guess for what that means. Okay, Dennis is close. A lot of people get the wrong idea that DMM is primarily about training. It's not. It is not primarily about training. Five to ten percent of the people trained in DMM will actually become implementers. So, if you train 100 people, 5 to 10 of them will become implementers. The best movement trainers in the world will tell you 5 to 10%. So your goal is not your goal is not to train people. Training is a way to find those who want to implement So, it's a way to filter to find implementers. Multiplying coaching of implementers becomes your main focus. There are a lot of people who do a lot of training. And they think training is success. It's not. Training is an access ministry. To find Christians who want to learn how to be implementers. 
If you train people and do not coach them or help them get coaching, training without coaching is malpractice. Training without coaching is malpractice. It's bad medicine. So put aside the idea, I'm gonna, I'm, my main focus is training. Your main focus is helping multiply coaching of implementers. And then as they start churches, you're coaching the new disciples as they implement, as they multiply. And you're creating these circles of coaching that go keep going down and down and down. 2%. What does 2% mean in the world of the unreached? Okay. That might be true. That 2% of the church is trying to reach the... Yeah. So what does 2% mean? What's the definition of an unreached people group? Yeah, an unreached people group is less than 2% Christian. That's the, that's less than 2% evangelical Christian. That's kind of the common term, uh, common uh, metric that's used. So, groups that are below 2% evangelical Christian are considered unreached. So that kind of gives the idea, if you can get to 2%, that they can reach the rest of the group. That's not probably that's probably not true. There's actually been scientific research on how do movements grow, not just churches, but any social movement. And their research says that it takes ten percent of people in a culture, in a group, in a society if a movement can start and get to 10%, then they will be able to reach the other 90%. But if they don't get to 10%, if they don't grow to 10%, they're probably going to stop and become uh, a bubble, a limited sphere that can't reach the rest of the people. So our goal is not to see just 2% of the people become followers of Jesus. Our goal is to see 10% become followers of Jesus, so they can reach the other 90%. So 10% plus, right? We don't want just 10%. We want at least 10%. Because they can then get to 30% and 50%. And there's a group, there are groups in India, Northeast India, the Naga, that are 95% Christian, right? We don't want to stop at 10%, but we need at least 10%. 90%. What does that stand for? In terms of movements, what does 90% mean? All right. 90% of movements are being started by existing movements. If we want to see movements in every unreached people in place, the best way to do that is to help movements start other movements. I'm going to give you a couple of examples, several examples of that. So, movements start both organically, they'll start, they'll go into other peoples, other tribes, other languages, and intentionally. 
by strategic efforts to cross barriers to new peoples, new languages, new places. So you see some of it happen organically. And you see some of it happen intentionally. If it spreads organically, you need to support them with coaching. You need to help support that new movement with coaching and help them become strong enough to continue without your having to help them. But unless starting movements in other groups is a priority, unless you're intentional, you're not going to start that many. You have to intentionally try to say, where are the people groups around us? The languages around us? The places around us that nobody is getting to? And how can we intentionally send people to do that? So, here's an example. Movement Family A. 66 different movements started. Many of them from a radical religious background. They came together as a family to help each other. Now they're impacting 768 different languages around the world. That's a great example of a family of movements that's now impacting 10 times what they started. They started 6-6, now they're over 10 times number of languages. All right? Movement Family B. They started 12 years ago. They're up to 2.5 million baptized disciples. And they're impacting 377 different unreached people groups. Movement Family C started 15 years ago. They're currently impacting uh, 421 unreached people groups. D, they started 20 years ago. Their first 10 years, they only saw 220 churches. They were doing a lot of the right things, but they just struggled to get much traction. But their second 10 years, they've seen 130,000 churches. If it's taking you a long time to get started, do not be discouraged. Some places take longer than others. But keep being obedient. Keep praying. Keep sacrificing. Keep asking God for breakthrough. I have one friend, he's been doing movement efforts for 23 years before they saw their first movement break out. Now they're actually impacting 50 different unreached people groups. So do not give up. Do not be discouraged. Movement Family E started 17 years ago. 83 of the 153 UPGs are being impacted. So I was talking to Ken last night. He said, you know, kind of this Lifeway and, and many friends and partners in East Africa out of 315 unreached people groups, 320 unreached people groups, they're impacting 157, all right? So, 320, all of those of you in East Africa and many others are impacting 157 unreached people groups. Praise God. But, the goal is not 157. The goal is 320. And so, they're working to see that happen. The average movement reaches about 10,000 disciples in, in the first 10 years after it gets started. So 
10,000 disciples can reach 100,000 people. Because that's about 10%. Right? So if you're in a city, 10,000 people can reach about 100,000 people in their sphere of influence. But a people group of 5 million, one movement's not going to reach them. You, you almost literally need 50 movements to reach all 5 million. Now you can do that by starting several movements and then helping them start more movements throughout the people group. But our goal is not to see one movement in every people group. Our goal is to see every person in that people group reached. And to do that, we have to start many, many, many movements. So there are thousands of unreached people groups and segments that need movements. There are 7,000 unreached people groups in the world. We don't need just 7,000 movements. We need 30,000, 40,000, 50,000. And part of our job is to say, okay, we've started a movement in this people group. How many other movements do we need to start to reach every single segment of this people group? So Matthew 24, 14 tells us that this good news of God's kingdom, of God's reign, will be proclaimed throughout the world, the entire world, as a testimony to all peoples. And then the end will come. There will be a generation that rises up and is the last generation to finish the Great Commission. Not because it's the best generation, but because many generations before us have sacrificed and they've gotten us close to the finish line. We stand on the shoulders of those who sacrificed before us. But there will be a last generation. The race will be finished. Every people, tribe, language, nation will be reached. There will be a last generation to run the final lap of the Great Commission. And here's the question for us. Why not this generation? God is doing more in terms of movements than He's ever done in history. There have been movements throughout history. There have never been movements in every single inhabited continent. There have never been this many movements happening at the same time. For years, people said, North India is the graveyard of modern missions. There are now millions, even tens of millions of people in movements, disciple-making movements in North India. For years, people said, you can't reach the Muslim world. About half of that total, 114 million disciples and movements, about half of those are from a Muslim background. Tell God He can't do it. And then watch Him do it. People all... I've been, I've been around movements literally the last 30 years. And people over and over say, well, that can happen there, but it can't happen here. It's happening, in, it's happening among Buddhists, Hindus, Muslims, animists, tribal religionists, secular. It's happening in every continent. It's happening in every type of people group. 
God will do it in your tribe, your language, your country, your nation. The question is, will you be a part of it? He'll do it with or without you. He's not dependent on you. Do you want the privilege of being a part of it? And it's too small a thing just to worry about your people group. God says you have to be concerned about the entire world. You have to help your people be reached and reach others. Like the story in Malawi. They're reaching people in Malawi and they reach Indians and now they're reaching people in India in multiple people groups. We have to see that happen more and more. And we have to pray for the whole world. Prayer is prayer does not prepare us for the work. Prayer does not prepare us for the primary work. Prayer is the primary work. There will be a generation that finishes the Great Commission. Why not us? Let's pray together. Lord, we ask. We ask you not to to wait. We ask you to finish the Great Commission in our generation. Lord, we ask you to bring the gospel to every tribe and language and people and nation in our generation for for the sake of your glory. For your glory, Lord, that there would be worshipers, that Jesus, you would receive the reward of your suffering. That people that you have purchased from every tribe and language and people nation would be brought into your kingdom, brought into your family. Lord, we ask your forgiveness as the body of Christ that we have not finished the Great Commission. We, we ask your forgiveness that the people who've never heard is our sin that has kept them from hearing. Lord, forgive us. Do not hold our sin against them. Lord, we thank you for the way you're working in incredible ways around the world to multiply churches. We pray that you do far more of that. Lord, we ask you for breakthroughs, not in some distant next century, but in this generation, Lord. We plead with you to do that. And Lord, we ask you to make us willing to sacrifice anything we need to sacrifice. We are willing to give our lives. We're willing to give our children. We're willing to give anything we have for the sake of your glory. We ask that you do this for the glory of your name, for the praise and honor and glory of your name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.